to a better world. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have a very interesting show. First of all, I want to just say that those of you who received the newsletter, a Better World newsletter, which goes out weekly, stated that our guest was going to be the psychotherapist and meditation teacher, Locke Kelly. Well, through a little technical glitch, uh, Locke is not going to be on this evening, but on January 27th. So please reset your sights for Locke with me on A Better World for January 27th, which interestingly happens to be synchronistically my mother's birthday. So he and I are prepared for receiving an auspicious transmission from her. Interestingly, she was in my dream last night, and she's passed out of the physical body, my God, some seven or eight years ago. But interestingly, she is still very much a present. So that's uh, that's good news, and Locke and I will be speaking about and kind of cashing in on her wonderful, luminous presence. Anyway, so please know that today I've retooled the show to talk about my work as a therapist and coach and stress management consultant. And uh, in not too long, we'll be joined also by some of my students, some of the participants in a Better World workshop, Better World Salon, also known as the Heaven on Earth Salon, which takes place in New York every uh, other week. And we have uh, amassed a, a wonderful group of people who are gaining the benefit of each other's participation, attention, intention, and love, very honestly, as well as compassion, in a way that is um, just just magnificent. And the energy of the group is dynamic and growing in momentum, love, and uh, a place where people land, if you will, where they can speak their heart, be listened to deeply by the others present, and of course by me, who facilitates the group. And we do all sorts of fun things that I've been teaching, honestly, at this point for decades at yoga centers and in New York and elsewhere actually in the world called Therapeutic Theater, combined, honestly, with some of my ancient Chinese heritage, yes, being born Jewish, you are taught Chinese cuisine at a very early age because Jewish food really isn't that exciting. I mean, just tell me, when was the last time you saw a Chinese person in a Jewish restaurant? That's right. But on the other hand, you will find a lot of Jews in Chinese restaurants all over the planet. So anyway, playing around a little bit, uh, this is um, a heritage, honestly, that I have immense respect for as one of the ancient indigenous cultures of our planet, civilizations, really. And in many ways, they deserve that name, civilization. And I, based on my experience and uh, training in Chinese medicine, Chinese energetics, Tai Chi Chuan and Qigong, we use Qigong as a way of connecting to the earth, of orienting everything on a deeper, higher macro level before usually going into 
the more micro levels of our lives where we are so familiar with the content of our everyday living, our everyday jubilance, as well as very much our everyday upsets, our tensions, our conflicts, our issues, as we say. And when we approach those issues or those tensions and conflicts from this larger macro level of our relationship to the earth or self, and then honestly to the galaxy and the universe, that reorientation in itself is powerfully healing and conveys a sense of well-being in itself so that when we take a look at our problems, our issues, our conflicts, we see it in a different light even before we begin the so-called hands-on work. Already, because our brain operates through suggestion embedded in language, we expand to matching the meaning of the words we speak or that we receive. Just like, for instance, if I say something like, imagine yourself right now at a beautiful, sunny beach, and you're watching the water go in and out, that beautiful ocean wave, very gentle, very beautiful, very calming. Is everyone at the beach with me? You bet. Why? That's the way it works. The brain responds to the mind. In the Chinese worldview, the E moving the Qi and the Qi moving the body. Interesting. Well, what's the E? The E is the mind. The Qi is the life force. The body, well, I don't have to explain. So, when you see that sense of hierarchy, sort of the way the command center works, it comes from the mind, the will, and that's command central, and it then instructs the life force to activate, enervate, vitalize a body part or into an action like a behavior or a posture or an attitude or a verbalization, you've got an entirely large architecture of sort of the way things work. Now, if we bear this in mind, while we're interacting with somebody, or even better, prior to interacting with somebody, including, by the way, ourselves, we have an entirely different, you could say more elevated and centered slash balanced view of and presence in the conversation. You're with me. I believe that you are. So I'm saying all of this as a prelude to speaking with some of those that will be joining me shortly to talk about some of what shows up in a Better World workshops because it's been something I've been doing for a long time, and I am humbled in the face of, and honestly, the same thing goes on with the work I've been doing with clients, both individuals and couples and families for, dare I say, some several decades, I'll put it that way. And, uh, you know, Jack Benny and I are still 39, so I don't want to give away too many trade secrets, but 
in fact, uh, this sort of interface, if you will, between mind and body and mind and reactivity and mind and languaging are all interfacing. And a way that I often use to describe that interface is the language of neuroscience, of understanding the way our mind instructs the brain. And then the brain gets the message, as I was saying when I mentioned the E moves the chi and the chi moves the body. In this case, in a more Western-style translation, the brain then instructs the body to move through its vast neural network. So what happens? My clients and my students are getting more intelligent all the time, literally with every session we have, because they're thinking along these pathways and are coming to a place of understanding the body of emotions, if you will, the way things work emotionally, and the antecedents to those emotions. Well, when we have an antecedent to an emotion, that suggests that we are outside of that emotion. We are still in it because, my oh my, we're experiencing the full force, depth, and breadth of it. But there's a part of us that is bearing witness to it. Well, isn't that interesting? If we're bearing witness to it, that means we have at least one foot out of the experience, witnessing it, which means also that there's a part of us that's free from it because we are observing it. Interesting. This beautiful, holy combination, if you will, of subjective, these feelings, I feel pain, I feel sad, I feel brokenhearted, he left me, he doesn't love me anymore, she doesn't love me anymore, or my parents never understood me, they never appreciated me, they rarely acknowledge me, they're always putting me with a babysitter, they buy me things and uh, then they go off by themselves, and they expect me to think that these toys are a substitute, you know, being a little playful and funny there, but you know, and I know that these are the kinds of phenomena that go on all the time in families across our country, and needless to say, beyond. So love is substituted with things. Oh, what a poor substitute. At least a puppy. At least a pussycat, you know, something that breathes and moves and laughs. But uh, these are the phenomena with which we deal here in our world. And what do I have to say about this? Well, what I have to say is that we want to really take a look, a hard, fast, deep look at the way we think and the way we behave and the way we interact because It is my supposition as a therapist and as a thinker slash philosopher looking out over from a purview, a bird's eye view, if you will, of the planet, what's going on environmentally, economically, politically, where's the justice, culturally. When we look, we go, oh my, 
so many factors of stress. Who's clear? Who's living in integrity? Who's living with a life of purpose and meaning? Who is in service to others? In what ways? And with these questions in my back pocket, I look at and see sort of who is playing what role on this precious planet of ours and who is taking care of the big mother, Mama Gaia, also known in Quechua in South America in the Andes as Pachamama. Who is taking care of her? Because we all know that if we do not take care of our mother, we're in trouble. If we don't keep our room clean, we're also going to be in trouble. If we consume too many of mama's resources, we're also going to be in trouble. So I, many years ago when I was uh, starting my practice as a holistic psychotherapist because I was being influenced by so many holistic practices and ancient wisdom teachings, such as the Chinese, such as the ancient Indian, such as shamanic. These were the primary influences on me very early in my life, literally in my teens. And so when I had the opportunity to study Tai Chi Chuan, commonly known as Tai Chi, I did. And I was down at Chinatown two or three times a week for many years through the heat, through the cold. It didn't matter. I was walking down there at the ages of 22, 23, 24, 25, and studying with masters I was blessed to have. And when the opportunity came along, which it did in the early 80s, to study Chinese medicine right here in the Big Apple, I took that up as well. I felt that there needed to be a bodily component with my work in psychology. There had to be a relationship between mind and verbalization and speaking, even speaking one's heart, and physiology. And indeed there is. But at that time, those thoughts were not at all popular. Not at all. So I began to basically cook up and create a way of doing counseling using my knowledge of Chinese energetics. And the five-phase theory, uh, or five-element theory, was one of the foundations or cornerstones of that work. And for any of you who know that, you know that there's a real relationship between, for instance, the liver and the gallbladder meridians and organs, and anger as well as the opposite of anger. We know that when it comes to the heart, and in this case, the small intestine meridians, the yin and yang organs are connected to the summer, as you'd imagine, is the experience and emotion of joy, and of course, slash love. When it comes to the spleen and the stomach, again, the yin-yang organs of earth, we're dealing with the excess is worry or even anxiety and a lack of centeredness. The stomach is in the center of the body. So the Chinese took the, it's not exactly an emotion, but the stature, the status, the disposition of being centered 
and equated that with corresponding with stomach. And so when there's an imbalance, for instance, in the stomach or the spleen, there will be a sense of being off-center or there would be excess worry. And it's also well-justified worry, worry, worry. Interestingly, what I was finding is when I did at that time the needles, now I use a pretty advanced software program to do the same thing without the use of needles. I never liked needles. They always hurt a little bit. Uh, And I can really do the same thing without them. But when I would work with the stomach and spleen meridians, the worry would begin to diminish. Interesting. So there's the psychological approach of why are you worrying? What's it about? Let's take a look at that and let's, of course, diffuse the energy and the charge around that thing, that worry, so that you'll be worrying less. And that's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. And in fact, the stomach will stop being in nuts and the spleen will relax. So it works in that direction from the psycho-emotional, if you will, back into the physical, the somatic, and what I was being introduced to through Chinese energetics is the other way, where by working with the stomach and the spleen meridians, and I'm making it rather simple now, there's a good deal more complexity to the whole system, but to keep it simple and easily understandable, think of it this way, by working with those meridians, be needles or touch, sometimes herbs, balance out those meridians, and concomitantly balance out the worry. Cool stuff? You betcha. That's the kind of work I do with people. It goes you know, far and wide, and I've been doing it for a long time, and it um, really helps people get in touch, really, with their heart, their mind, their soul, so they can lead a life that they feel is impassioned, is meaningful. And that's really, I feel, a lot of where passion comes from. When we feel that what we're doing is meaningful. And that just opens up the gates, the portals, to an incredibly wonderful life. You know, my organization is called The Better World, and now I've become a 501c3, a nonprofit, with uh, the express goal of creating a better world. Well, gee, that sounds like a pretty tall order. It's true. Dream big. Dream big. Have a large vision. Think big. And you go where you go. But if you don't have the vision to carry you forward, what are you on? A magic carpet? Well, hope it has a lot of a lot of gas in it because you're going to need the vision to pull you forward into your future. And by so doing, by the way, you're also altering your brain, you're altering your neural network, creating a new one of hope and possibility and potential distinct from that more sort of drab sometimes lethargic, unconscious mental state that can tend to to dominate our daily moment-to-moment or hour-to-hour living. And we all know what we're talking about here. We all know 
We've all experienced this. Feeling a little zapped, feeling a little lethargic, not knowing what's next. I feel lost. I'm not sure. Who can I trust? What can I trust? And these are all legitimate, really valid questions. And at the end of the day, I'm suggesting that my clients become and my students become resourceful and say, you know what? I'm looking around at this world from a bird's eye view. I'm looking around at my family. I'm looking around at my relationships. And I want better. And not only do I want better, I'm not just going to rub, you know, uh, a magic bowl and hope that it gets better. I'm going to put myself into it. And I'm going to make it better. And I'll make it better in a few different ways. I'll make it better through my intention. I'll make it better through my ability to listen. I'll make it better by really being attentive to the other person or the other people in my family or at my job, in my workplace, or my business partner. I will shift myself to be more present with what's happening while maintaining a vision of what I would like to see. Interesting. Now, you can already gather how many new neurons are being fired and wired together through this kind of thinking. It's imaginative, creative thinking with oomph, con gusto, with a little energy. That's what we have the possibility of manifesting in our relationships. And speaking in a responsible way and an accountable way and speaking for possibility. What's new? What can we create here? What can we have here? How do we reach another level of peace and understanding in this relationship? And I dare say that relationships between men and women and, well, you know, between any lover relationship, any friend relationship, any spouse is the basis of having a peaceful world. Rather than going into all of the um, gender mixes that exist these days and all honor and respect to them, I'm most oriented toward the yin and the yang, uh, the male and the female. And ultimately we're talking about energies here. Um, But let me just for simplicity's sake, when men and women get along, or when the male and female energies, let me put it that broader way, are getting along, are harmonized, then the impulse toward war, the impulse toward aggression, the impulse toward violence commensurately lessens, diminishes, and poof, maybe, maybe it could actually disappear. And that goes not just for the battlefield of war, but that also goes for the battlefield, unfortunately, of business. Why do we need to have a battlefield? Why can't we have a cooperative structure of doing business, which can be a lot of fun and help a lot of people and provide tremendous services of real value, but do it in a way that it's not one against the other. It's not like a huge football game. It's, hey, you guys make that widget, and we make this other widget, and everybody needs both. 
why don't we price these things in a way that everyone can afford and everyone will get one. And what we're not making on a so-called fat profit, we're making on volume. And everyone will have the benefit of these wonderful things for their own sustainability. You follow, there's a certain attitude at base that allows for magic to happen. So now talking about magic happening. I'm going to pull out of this uh, description that I've been giving, and I'm going to invite on uh, one or two of my guests for this evening who are going to be just joining me and sharing a little bit of what what I'm saying looks like sort of in the real world, not just some kind of hypothesis or theory, but some real sense of what goes on, because the kind of work I'm talking about is showing up in people's lives. It's not um, theoretical. So from that point of view, one of the people that I would like to uh, first introduce you to is someone we sometimes go uh, use the name of Dream to, to and listen to, and she's been with me uh, and attending these groups for, uh, well, just about a year now. And uh, it would be very interesting. Dream, are you there? Yes, I am, Mitch. Wonderful to have you on A Better World. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Very excited. Absolutely. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You've had some experiences, Dream. I'm using your your alias here. Uh that have been really meaningful to you and have you've experienced and described them to me and to others in the group as, as life-changing. Could you share with our audience a little bit about the context first of uh, our meeting and, and what you began to metabolize, if you will, from our interactions in the group? Sure can. Well... Uh, what happens is there's a number of people that attend the workshops, and we never know who's going to show up, but we yeah. seem to know that whoever shows up, it's the right group of people. And what happens in the room is that there is a synergistic feeling of energy that merge as we share. And in the sharing, it goes as deep as you're comfortable with, and the people in the room listen, and when they respond, there's no judgment. You feel completely relaxed, even though you may be talking about some very personal and private concerns in your life. But you begin to feel very relaxed. The people in the room, you can feel the engagement of the people in the room, and you feel a shift that happens both within yourself and you can see it on the faces of everyone else in the room. And what has happened for me with this engagement is the very next day, within 24 hours, there is a physical, an actual physical happening that occurs that amazes me because in every instance that I presented to the group, I didn't know what to do. 
and all room were astounded by what I revealed. And they didn't have any logical answers that came to them. So you knew that it had to be had to do with energy and vibration. And oftentimes we would often summon a person that we were trying to affect. And that was all that was done. There were many tears shed at times. And all we knew is that by the end of the session, we all felt better. And in my case, there was actually a physical occurrence within 24 hours that brought brought me actual relief, both neurologically, mentally, and spiritually, and emotionally. It's phenomenal. It's something that, other than us just being of a higher awareness, we could not explain. Could you give some indication? Thank you so much for that dream. That's really beautiful to hear. And I know I was fortunate enough to bear witness, you know, of course, facilitating the group well of a few times when you've had what we would call breakthroughs, both in the group and then your reportage of what happened after the sessions in your so-called real life where things changed and where insights helped you that you gathered in the group lead your life in a more purposeful way and a way that helped you make decisions that you just needed to make from a more, let's say, aware, awake point of view. Could you give a little bit more specificity to what you might be referring to so we can kind of follow that line with you? Sure. The last incident Just was to the extent one that, you where... know, you're comfortable. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. The last incident was one where my daughter, who I am very close with, um, but lives states away from me, is living in a, what I will just term, a religious cult. She is not able to communicate with me like we both would like to communicate, and it's very restricted. And we were supposed to see each other over the holidays, and suddenly, for a reason I have no idea, she canceled. And all she did was let me know via text, not even actually calling me and say, I won't be able to see you. And that was it. And I, of course, because of her living situation, was not able to call her or contact her. So I had to wait for her to contact me. And it took nine days before I heard from her again. And I didn't know if she was dead, alive. I didn't know if she texted me or someone else texted me. I had no idea. And all I was full of was anxiety, concern, hurt. I was just confused, and I brought it to the group, cried, and everyone sat there, listened in awe. But, of course, they had no solutions for me, and I had none for myself. But 
something happens when you speak with authenticity and from your heart and from your soul, and people listen with that same caring of authenticity. And all we said at the end of the session was, dream, I'll pray for you. Dream, let's call her name. Dream, it's going to be okay. And I actually felt that feeling of assurity, that certainty, that something good with them, but I had no idea how, when, or how it could even be possible. Within 24 hours, I received a text from her saying, I love you, I'm so sorry, I apologize, and I'm going to call you. And this, Mitch, was after nine days of not hearing a word, not hearing a word. It was like a miracle. Unexplainable. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank unexplainable. You. I want to just explain the unexplainable. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I want to just give a stab, though, and frame it in a way that people can perhaps understand it, myself included, better. And for that, as you know, I use uh, the wisdom of quantum physics. And the particular principle is known as the butterfly effect. And it's generally described as that uh, a butterfly flapping its wings in Tokyo can be influencing the outcome of a business deal on Wall Street. Uh, That people who are meditating in San Francisco can be affecting um, the surgical outcome of someone at New York Hospital. People who are praying in monasteries all over India and Tibet for peace in the world are having some energetic impact on everybody on the planet. You can ask very reasonably. So is how much, (laughs) what is the impact? How do we measure it? Well, it's a very good question. And we actually don't know the answer to that, but we do know that there is an effect. There have been literally thousands of, research studies on the effect of prayer on the body, even in a Petri dish of using focus. One of the things about prayer and meditation is they are like laser beams of focus. And when the human mind focuses, and when a collection of human minds focus, and the heart is behind the mind, and the intention is behind both, the outcomes multiply. And they have real effects in the real world, what we call real. So it goes from being an inner story, dealing with what we call, I call, inner ecology, translates, materializes into the outer ecology, the outer physical world. And so what you were describing here, Dream, is an example and an expression of that. A process happening in this case, in our group, uh, speaking from the heart, as you were saying you were doing, emoting, being so deeply authentic, everybody feeling it, not saying much. There isn't actually all that much to say. And it's not that important that we say much of anything. 
What does matter is that the group become a vessel for you to fill with your heart. In this case, with pain is also just an emotion. If you really want to step it back, it's, it's an energy field. And we're receiving it, and we're processing it, and we're digesting it, and we're releasing it also, as you are with the speaking of it, the expression, which comes, of course, from the Latin, to press out. That's what it means. And through that process, your precious daughter is being invoked. And because a mother and daughter's fields are so intertwined, having nothing to do with geography, she picks up the signals in a dream when she's walking around the house, when she's at work, all of a sudden she thinks about her mother, it has an extra little punch, she says, oh, you know, I feel so bad, I didn't get to see my mother as planned, I really need to reach out to her. Now is the time I feel I should do it. And in fact, she did. Because the energy field I'm suggesting that we built up around her and around the two of you reached a certain threshold, a certain tipping point, so that it actually manifested in getting in touch with you. Does that help to take it out of the unexplainable to the more explainable? It absolutely does, and okay. I have been a I have been a witness of it more than once, and I must I know say, that. I know that. <laughs> and I must <laughs> say, both on both and every occasion, I was still surprised. Although I, you know, you get to a point where you sort of expect it because you've seen it happen, but it's still yeah. surprising because it's yes. so phenomenal. Yes. It's so phenomenal. Indeed. Indeed. And I want to say thank you so much for your sharing. So appreciated. I want to say that, in fact, this is the way things are coming to fruition all the time in our lives, literally moment to moment. The only problem here is that most of what's coming to fruition is unconscious. We've forgotten what it is we asked for. We forgot what our programs were because we began to get programmed literally uh, in utero. We began getting programmed from the zygote forward from the time when our parents were having conversations when we were inside our mother's womb. I'm suggesting the programming actually began there. It, of course, builds in magnitude as time goes on, you know, especially in the third or so trimester, but it happens from the get-go, folks. And so we want to be that much responsible as parents or as even people interacting with pregnant women. So we are exerting a positive influence. So the love that they are metabolizing from our presence and from their interactions with us and ours with them gets conveyed to the zygote, I'm being a little funny, but the embryo then fetus in such a way that the being, the new being, is getting energized from human interactions instead of depleted. So that's the level of refinement and sensitivity we can express and engage and be conscious of. 
So, so many things that happen in our lives are things that we would never have asked for, you know. And they happen because there are these seeds that are implanted in our unconscious that are coming to fruition. But here in this case that you were just describing, Dream, in this with your daughter, we were all being very deliberate and very conscious. And we were shaping what we wanted to be an outcome. And when we put all of us together into the spiritual stew, if you will, cooking up the new um, radiational um, fields, the morphogenetic field, which has no boundaries, it's going to have a positive outcome. That's why prayer works. So, thank you so much. I want to now just let everyone know you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We're on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. And you can access us through our website at www.abetterworld.tv. Or you can call this number, 602-753-1860. 602-753-1860, and you can listen through your telephone. It's all good. And if you go to that website, abetterworld.tv, we have a free newsletter, which announces our, at this point, two shows a week. One, this one, A Better World Radio, and another, A Better World TV, aired in Manhattan on community cable TV, also called A Better World, uh, my theme, you could say. And It announces who the guests will be every single week on that as well. However, if you do not live in Manhattan, you can still watch it on that same website, abetterworld.tv, every Monday. It is simulcast webcast. So certainly you can be part of a better world community simply by watching or listening. And a lot of people take the links from the radio show, which we post on our site, afterwards and send them to friends that and family members and colleagues and business partners who they feel should have access to this kind of information and many say to this kind of inspiration so i'm i'm very glad you're all joining us today for this show now with all that said i'm going to turn to another one of our guests for this evening Connie who I have known for a number of years. She's an amazing chef, and uh, I want to invite her to share with us a little of her experience as well on uh, in our workshops. Connie, welcome to A Better World. Welcome. Uh, hi, how, how are you? Fine, thanks. Fine. Glad to have you here. You, yourself, and now even your family members who have attended the the workshops have had some pretty interesting experiences. Um, well, tell us of your experience and what's been happening for you. Well, just to clarify, I, I'm a sous chef, not a chef, uh, chef, chef, but um, I give honor to that to my friend Cindy. Anyway, um, my experience was um, attending to one of your classes. Um, I really, when I read the site, I, I knew it was dealing with um, with relationship and emotional stress and stuff, and I'm like, I need to get to his class. <laughs> so when I went there for my very first time, um, I immediately felt a connection. And my experience was um, 
we were all in that group experiencing um, some issues with our sons. And um, immediately I just felt the connection and, you know, I spoke about it. And I was having some issues with my son and um, he was going through a lot. I'm not going to really elaborate, but um, it's just after the class, I just felt a relief of a relief and I felt hope and um, mm-hmm. immediately throughout that week I, I I get a call from him I felt his energy I felt his attitude uplifted and it was just I can't even explain it I it's just so what you're saying is that he was experiencing that Connie but having nothing to do with being at the group because he didn't even know it existed exactly Exactly. And um, what had happened was, um, I mean, one of the participants said it very simply. It's it's like magic. Something happens, a shift changes, energy connects, and um, it was just a complete different change with him. Uh, he was he when he called me. He just sounded more positive when he came for the holidays. It's like his whole aura, I'm going to say, his energy was just, like, Mm -hmm. different. You know, he now has a new girlfriend, he seems very happy, and he just has that positive outlook for the future. And I'm just amazed with what transpired in the class. And then I, you know, and then I went, continued, you know, I went a couple other classes, and then I had an issue with my daughter, and I brought my daughter to the class, and we spoke about her issues, and oh, there was a shift. Oh, please. <laughs> and, and, of course, and then I, I was, you know, all excited. And, by the way, can I, can, I'm just so happy and thrilled to hear about Dream's um, daughter contacting her. Mitch, I'm just, like, jumping up and down because <laughs> that's just more confirmation on what Indeed. this quantum <clears throat> I can't. I'm just so emotional right now because I'm just so happy to hear that her daughter contacted her, and uh, it's just more confirmation to us and to my family that this stuff is magic. It is. I can't even explain. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a beautiful job, Connie. You really are. So happy. Share with us a little bit about what what occurred then with your daughter. We, she we was heard about your some son. Issues. We heard about your son where there were these tensions and energy uh, conflicts and things were not going so well, and he wasn't so happy to hear from you, and you weren't always so happy to hear from him. But you know, there was just tension in the field, in the space, and then right, and and he was going through a lot. A, a, yeah. Yes. And and yeah. and immediately with one session. It was just like a turnaround. And what I want to point out is not only it was with my son, it was with the other participants that were having almost similar issues, you know, with the emotional stress and and conflicts that they were having with their sons. And it, it was just immediate connection. It was like I was meant to be there. 
Yes. On every class, on every occasion. And just recently, with I drove my husband to the class, and he was oh, he was dealing with so much, and I mean, he still is, but I was like praying, and I'm like, he needs to come, and it was just uh, an amazing transformation with him, and he was able to release a lot. It was I can't even explain it. There's not words to describe what what had transpired in that one last Monday, I believe it was. Mon- this Monday, just it just passed. Just Monday, yeah. yeah. And it's just like a load, and it's just work in progress. And um, and with yeah. my daughter, she was having some issues and difficulties with a, with one of her employees, you know, with um, one of the employees at her work, and to the point where there was, like, threatening and stuff. And it was and really affecting her. And your daughter is what age? Your daughter is what She's age? She's 18. She's 18. Okay. And... You know, this is unfamiliar ground for her. And I think yeah. she's coming to the, like, she's like, what's going on here? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, now I'm like, she's seeing the bigger picture. And I'm so happy yeah. that, you know, like-minded individuals are able to, she's she's being exposed at this young age that the quantum physics yeah. of the mm-hmm. energy field and how we're all connected. Yes. And, you could call it the um, quantum physics of relationship, the quantum field right. of relationship. But, yes, please go exactly. on. Exactly. And uh, she was, you know, having this issue, and, you know, mom has to be there to fight for her, and, you know, I felt, and I, too, was having a little, you know, distress with that. And um, I right away wanted to intervene, and I'm like, I need to fight for her, and, you know, I bought it up to the group. And I, you know, I wanted some feedback. And I'm like, I'm having this issue. She was a little, you know, reserved on not to talk about it. But I felt that she needed it because it it was really bothering her. It was really affecting her. And I could see it. She's my daughter. I could feel her, her energy and stuff. And when we left there and we were walking back to the train, it's just I felt the shift. I felt the energy. I felt the attitude uplifted. You know, she was, I'm going to work, and, um, it, 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 you know, she went back to work, and she had to, do, you know, work with this individual, and she's now knowing how to deal with it with a mature attitude, and, and it, you know, they're keeping away from each other, and it, and, and it seems that it's not tugging on her heart as much as it was. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. been my experience. So there was an immediate shift. That's beautiful. Yeah. This is uh, wonderful <laughs> to hear. Wonderful to hear, Connie. For me, uh, it just brings so much meaning to the interactions that we all have. And I really do want to say that I feel it's very much about the group energy. And surely I am the facilitator and surely I have you know, some experience in doing this, of course. Uh, But at the same time, it's the group dynamics that are assisting this to happen the way it does. There's so much attention, which, by the way, is a form of love. And I really want to make that clear, that when we give somebody attention, right, we're giving them 
one of the holiest sacred aspects of ourselves, which is our consciousness at that moment. And when we do that individually, and we do that even more collectively, oh my God, <laughs> it's, it's a gift from heaven. And it also Absolutely. can exalt a person as though one is in heaven, because in reality, they really are. They really are. Absolutely. And yes. that's what this, you know, these classes are really about. I would yes, love and it's our share. hearts that are immediately connected. Yeah. It's like an immediate yes. connection. And yes. and it's a declaration of of our experiences and how we are on that vibration of energy connecting and it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's this ancient idea that underlies virtually all spiritual wisdom and religious teachings that we are all one. There's a unified field. Even in physics, there's the unified field theory, which isn't so much a theory, it's just true. Now, where is that level of unification occurring? Well, it's not our bodies. We all have our individual bodies, you know, so it's not that we are one body, although there's a level of reality on which that may be true, too. I'm not going to go into that now. But we do know that when we listen with our hearts, as you were just suggesting here, boy, do we become unified. We become one powerful unified field on the level of the heart. And the heart, as with everything else in us, is a vibration. It, it actually operates on a frequency. And uh, just like the brain can be described as coherent with the left hemisphere on the right, so our heart does. And the work of the HeartMath Institute is just one of those places that has done a tremendous amount of research in understanding this notion of heart coherence and that our heart, when coherent, projects a field far more than even 30 feet out from our physical body. So it becomes kind of interesting when I say, it looks like we all have separate bodies. Well, yes, we do, of course. You know, I begin here and you end there and on and on. But wait a minute. If we really are fields, maybe we're intermeshing, our bodies are intermeshing at 30 or 40 feet outside of us on this much subtler level. And that's where our hearts are meeting and literally become unified. It's kind of interesting. Exactly. It? It's like the Wi Fi connection. We're immediately connected. <laughs> there you go. We, we, there you immediately go. when we come into the class, the Wi Fi is turned on. Exactly. You know, right. uh, this, this is a phenomenon that happens in groups. I mean, certainly it is not just our group in which this happens. Not at all. This is a group phenomenon, and that's why community is so important. You know, when people feel connected, and I think actually one of the greatest gifts to us of religion is not really so much the etiology, although there's huge amounts of wisdom and nuggets for us all to reflect on of immense and immeasurable value, but the communities that get around churches and synagogues and mosques and temples and, you know, things of that sort are wonderful. 
I think that's just one of the greatest things where people come together for education, for charity, for doing what they feel is, you know, God's work or however they want to phrase it, the universe's work. It doesn't matter. We realize at one point or another, that's just their frame. Everyone gets to have their own frame of mind and perspective and languaging of their worldview. Ultimately, it's a fairly metaphysical one, you know. We exactly. each have our own belief systems, you know. And uh, anyway, here, of course, I, I want to kind of wrap this part up by saying that even if the work doesn't show up so-called in the outside world, using that linguistic convenience, doing the work we're doing inside the group, or as I do also in my sessions with people, we are letting go of certain ideas, of certain feelings that are stressing us, that are, you know, honestly distressing us and causing conflict. And when we talk about it, and when we relate to it, and when we release that, through talking oftentimes, we gain another perspective on that phenomenon, on that emotion, on that sadness, on that broken heart, on that anger. We get another perspective. And that new perspective has its own neural network. And it's one that we want to build because we want more of that good feeling. So one of my teachers, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and friend and colleague who I've had on this radio show a number of times and a Better World TV, wrote a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Why do I want to break the habit? Well, because it's populated with a lot of habits that we'd probably rather not have. And a lot of the creation of us as we know ourselves is simply an unconscious inheritance from our parents. Some of it, by the way, is really good. Our parents taught us a whole lot that we're going to need to rely on for the rest of our lives. How to walk, how to talk, how to stand, how to stand in integrity, how to communicate, you know, even how to use a fork, you name it. It's really important what we've learned from our parents. And then we carry that through into our lives and it forms our personality. But there are ways of working with our personality, as there are ways of working with our deeper essence, that can be of our own choosing, where we say, you know, I have such a fantastic dad and mom. I love them so much. But, you know, I'm more adult now, and I can take a look at them more objectively, and I don't have to um, deify everything they do that that's the only perspective, that's the only way of knowing something or understanding something, I'm going to come up with my own, i.e., I'm going to become my own self. I'm going to keep what's good. I'm going to keep what I want to embrace. And I'm going to let go of the rest. And that's going to become me. You with me? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And so that's a process. So that work that we do in the group 
if it's only for building one's own self, self-esteem, self-respect, self-love, uh, skill of communicating, once one leaves that group session and they are empowered to go and communicate with others directly, in itself, as we say in, in uh, Chinese, it's really Hebrew, dai dai enu. That would be enough. That would be enough. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, 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 the universe is more benevolent than that. It allows the work that we do in these sessions to actually begin to effervesce and flow into other people's lives with whom we deal. Like your son, your daughter was present, but you know, it goes on and on, dreams, daughter was not present, and effect was there. On and on it goes. Dream, do you want to work, weigh in a little bit here uh, as last minutes here? Last comments? Well, I just want to say that it's been life-changing for me and something that was very new and unfamiliar to me. And I must say that it's been an investment in self that has been so enriching. I share it with so many people. Like I shared this call with so many people. And I think the world is so much better for you, Mitch. It's so much better for having you as a part of my world. And I thank you. Absolutely. You're making me blush. It's a better world. Hallelujah. It's true. It's absolutely it's, true. You know, it's it's it should be on billboards. <laughs> uh, exactly, <laughs> gaining perspective on a yeah, better well, world. Yeah, well, it's life changing, world changing, and, and and just invaluable. Well, thank you so much. I agree thank completely you so with you, Dream. Completely, Dream. Thank you. Dream. It's becoming a dream. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you both, and thank you all for joining us today. And uh, Dream and Connie, I want to also thank you both for your participation, your active participation. Although you know that verbal or nonverbal in these groups, everyone is participating and contributing. That's the other thing. You know, just the presence itself speaks volumes. So thank you both for being on the air today Absolutely. with me, sharing with us. And Mitch, let me just say this too. Let me just say this too, that it yes. because it's verbal and nonverbal and reaches every soul, no matter what your orientation or ethnicity Everyone come and get enriched, whether you're an introvert, extrovert, none of that matters. Once you step into the room, you will be affected in a very positive way. You're in a matrix. (laughs) Yeah. In a very positive way, you will be affected. Yes. Affected. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Dream. That's a beautiful way of putting it. It's completely true. And if you remember where many of us met, uh, it was through uh, Dear Gary Knoll's retreat, WBAI 
fundraiser retreats where I've been working with Gary off and on for 25 years. Oh, my God, yes, 25-plus years at this point, and uh, teaching at these retreats. And um, there was a woman last January in Naples at Paradise Gardens who sat not, she wouldn't even join the circle. And the circle was large. We had 30 or 40 people in it. And she wouldn't even come to sit in the group. But she was there. And she got it. And I know because she came up to me after a couple of the sessions and said, my God, this is incredible. I know I will not, I have my reasons for holding myself back way back in the corner. I don't want to talk. I don't even want my face to be seen. But I love it. <laughs> and I'm getting a lot out of it. <laughs> so that just underscores dream what you're saying. And, and can uh, I just say one thing? I'm, I'm making yeah, a declaration no. now. We need to get Gary Null into these groups. <laughs> Stop putting that out there in the universe. Gary, you are uh, being beckoned, right? I second that oh. emotion. Exactly. Yeah. He's a good uh, man. And also, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you remember, there was also someone who physically was not able to participate or thought that she was not able to participate. And by the mm-hmm. second group, she stood up in the group and started moving. Oh yes, exactly. Because and she of came the in Qigong. thinking she could not move. Yes, that's absolutely. She came oh in gosh. thinking she could not participate because she had some mobile issues. Issues. That's right. Yes, she and was by a the little stocky. Group from Long yes. Island, and yes. she said, I've got to sit down, okay? Yes. And I said, yes. okay. <laughs> Before you know it, she started shaking her booty. Oh, boy. Yes. you're right, absolutely. And that's actually yes. another important point. Uh, as I was saying at the beginning, uh, this is interactive, and we do a huge amount with communication and that level of coaching. And... Um, the psycho-emotional material. However, it's all within the frame of energy and stress management, but energy being the larger umbrella from the ancient Taoist cosmology, if you will, uh, which I very much embrace as a way of understanding. Not as a religion. It's not a religion. It's a way of understanding and looking at phenomena and the way things move. Like I said, the E moves the chi and the chi moves the body. That's just another way of saying that the will and the mind move the life force, and the life force moves the body, and inside the body are our emotions. So when we start to become conservative, that is, conserve our energy, we begin to think about these kinds of things, and we think about receiving energy from the earth and from above, and that we are the container of that energy. And that in itself shifts the whole game from, as I was saying, from the get-go. And 
it gives us a different perspective on all that we may be suffering from. And sometimes when you let go from what it is you feel you're suffering from, it changes the energy of the suffering completely. It changes the structure of the situation that was oppressing you minutes before. And it makes it friendly. You know, who was it? Will Rogers who said, a stranger is only a friend I haven't yet. Absolutely. I love Amen. That. Awesome. I haven't Amen. yet met. And Albert Einstein queried most important question, one of them is, is the universe friendly? Depending on how you answer that question, one thing or another will show up in your life. And if I say, yes, the universe is friendly, that does not mean that there won't be unfriendly people ever showing up. It doesn't mean that. But it means (laughs) that I have a certain orientation and a certain even expectation And that energy field gets projected outward, and chances are great that what comes back to you is what it is you're projecting, which is a friendly world. Wow. Well said. On that note, (laughs) thank you very much, both of you. And, uh, you know, the invitation to uh, my dear old friend Gary Null, who I have immense respect for, it's always open, and uh, any interactions are always welcome so absolutely thank you both and thank you uh, bless you both thank you and we'll be seeing you on january 18th when we reconvene yes, yes. you will. and i will be after the 21st <laughs> that's right you'll be at uh you'll be at one of the retreats raising yes, money for yes. wbai which is exactly uh, one of our you know wonderful wonderful non-commercial radio stations that I've been on a million times with Gary and with many, many other hosts and co-producing with Catherine Davis and many others over the years. So we stand right shoulder to shoulder. So thanks again, both of you, for sharing such deep material, such deep, intimate material. And uh, you're really helping so many people by so doing. Thank Thank you so much. Connie, we'll be reaching out to you while you're gone. Absolutely. Yes. You got it. <laughs> All right. Expect a cosmic telephone call. That's right. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Good night, guys. Okay. Bye bye. Good night, now. Good night. Good night. These are two of our uh, regular attendees, participants in a Better World Workshop. And think about it. What does that mean, a Better World Workshop? It means that a group of people have to get together and do what they can on any number of different levels, the micro levels of our families, the micro level even more of our relationship with ourselves and our own organs, for crying out loud, obviously our own mind, our own heart, our own soul, and even our limbs and organs. So we practice something called the inner smile, an ancient uh, meditation that allows us to have an active, engaged relationship with the intelligence and even the spirit of each of our organs, according to ancient Chinese esoteric medicine. It's a thing that we don't have in Western medicine. We don't believe that the organs have their own unique respective intelligence. 
We just don't think that way. And the Chinese do. It's a much larger understanding slash cosmology of the relationships of things to each other. And this is the kind of activity we engage in the class as well as Qigong, the marriage of heaven and earth. We work literally and figuratively and symbolically uh, with these types of energy fields and think about them always grounded, most always grounded in science, in real science. It's just not that popular because it's not necessarily that profitable quantum physics, you know. But we're not limited to what's profitable. We're interested in what works and providing some understanding of these phenomena, like the phenomenon of prayer and the phenomenon of meditation and the phenomenon of languaging. Even if you think about it, in our ancient Old Testament, you know, in the beginning was the world, in the ancient Greek, NRK ha logos. In the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. So you could understand that, that the word, which is one level of materialization, is made more fleshy, is made more manifest in the world. We speak our lives into existence. We speak our futures into existence. We speak to our brain, which instructs our body. It's pretty cool. And this is not even mystical, although it can be thought of as such. It's rather practical. After all, I'm a Taurus. I like what's practical and common sense and mixed, of course, with vision and purpose and meaning. And these are the kinds of things we deal with. Anyway, I hope you got a little bit of a taste of how to work with relationships uh, and the possibilities that exist. Listening is key. Listening is the bedrock for good, healthy communication. Once we learn to listen, the worldview of the speaker and we can see how we then relate to harmoniously that worldview, or where we can see some tension or conflict or disagreement, lack of alignment. But maybe we can have alignment even if we don't agree with everything. Maybe we can come to appreciate the other person's worldview and even have compassion for them and come to understand why they have that worldview. Let's say it's pessimistic, and we're an optimist. Maybe we can understand that maybe they've been hurt time and time again in their lives, early and then later, because it became habituated, because a neural net got built around that unconscious belief system that got formulated, perhaps even in the womb, and likely, actually. And then as they grow older, it continues to repeat as a pattern and so they have a distrust of others, and it affects all of the relationships. Rather than making them wrong for that worldview, we can be understanding and compassionate toward it and help, over time, lift them up out of it, 
through love, through compassion, through understanding, through making yourself trustworthy. So if they're living in a universe of distrust, but they start having trusting relationships, relationships based in integrity, that's going to start to shift their frames of reference. And they're going to say, you know what, if I'm really honest with myself, I've got to say, while I really have the belief that people are not trustworthy, I keep having experiences of people that I can trust. Well, that's uh, cognitive dissonance. What's going to win? Well, again, if the trusting experiences continue and they don't sabotage them, which is another interesting uh, occurrence, uh, then the new trust relationships may help to reorganize their mind and therefore reorganize their brain, extinguish the neural network that is, and that means discharge the neural network that's been in place continually telling them people are not trustworthy, to replacing it with one that says, oh, yes, people are trustworthy. And this actually goes back to the ancient poem of Lao Tzu, the Tao Te Ching, which is something like, um, paraphrasing, but trust the untrustworthy, and that will help them become trusting. That's the fundamental principle. What? Wow! That's far out, man! That's right, it is. But sometimes that's how far we have to reach out in order to accomplish our task. Anyway, I want to thank you all for listening and uh, really appreciate it. And take this link and send it off to your friends and family and neighbors and business partners because I I work with people from all over the planet uh, in all kinds of contexts. And uh, we are very much, as I said, committed to creating a better world on this micro level, on the intrapsychic, if you will, on the interpsychic and interpersonal intrapersonal, and then expanding everward, ever outward to the level of community and the level of, of county and state and governments. That's where we're going, folks, a true United Nations in the real sense of the word. So I want to just remind you all that we are a nonprofit 501c3. We so appreciate donations, which we really think of as investments in a better world. And uh, if it's of any size, uh, please just contact me at mjr at abetterworld.net. That's my direct personal email address, mjr, my initials, at abetterworld.net. And uh, discuss with me. Um, There's legacy giving. There's any number of things. And no donation or investment is too small. We use everything. We're always looking for more help, interns for video and administrative and social media. We need assistance in creating a better world. So spread the good word. Thanks again so much for joining. And if you don't get the newsletter yet, please just go to that same website, abetterworld.tv. It's free. It's every week. It's not too long. It's not too short. It conveys what's happening, and we want you to be part of a better world community, be part of the solution, 
and that's the way we work. For those of you who are interested in consultations for your own self, your partner and you, or your business, or want to attend and learn more about the workshops, go to www.mitchellrabin.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-R-A-B-I-N, as in Rabin, dot com, or write to me at mjr at a better world dot net, or call last 212-420-0800-212-420-0800, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you.